This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss concrete and practical ways to make our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll have our annual conversation about why we might want to design our summer, and we'll talk to award-winning actor Juliana Margulies about her new memoir, Sunshine Girl, An Unexpected Life. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am, once again, right here in my cozy home office in New York City. And joining me today, all the way from Puerto Rico, is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer, usually living in L.A., but right now, Gretchen, I am on Fantasy Island. Living the fantasy. That's right. (laughs) Living on Fantasy Island in Puerto Rico. Well, before we launch in, we wanted to give a few updates. In response to our discussion about choosing the right word for a situation, we got a big kick out of this. Yes. Katie said, this whole conversation reminds me of something similar, although it's framing a situation with the whole phrase instead of one word. I recently started a new job as a corporate engineering manager in a large company with multiple manufacturing facilities that each get a portion of the company's capital budget. Understandably, there is a lot of competition and vying for funds, and there are often strong feelings about who got how much of the budget and why. I have learned so much from my boss as we navigate individual discussions with each plant leadership team. There is a reason that he's a director and he manages the most difficult conversations with firmness, grace, humor, and respect. He will sometimes start out a meeting by saying, there is bound to be some cussing and discussing today. But the good thing is that we all know that at the end of the day, we are all friends and we are working together for the good of the business. I love that phrase, cussing and discussing, because again, that lighthearted word cussing and everything's more meaningful when it rhymes. So cussing and discussing 
frames disagreements in a positive light. Yes. And Gretch, I have had so many of those lately um, doing this show because we're <laughs> yeah. always wrangling the budget and time. So yeah. from now on, when we have those, I'm going to start out by saying, let's get ready for some cussing and discussing. Yeah, well, let us, let us know how people respond. Um, and, you know, we often talk about the idea of celebrating a minor holiday. I'm a huge fan of minor holidays that lower the bar and have the fun and the whimsy without a lot of the planning and the errands and the hassle. Yeah, Gretchen. And Jennifer said this about May 4th. I surprised and delighted my 5 and 11-year-old boys this morning when they came downstairs to find Star Wars decorations and small gifts, Star Wars books, at their places, along with a coupon for a free weeknight viewing of The Mandalorian tonight after dinner. They both knew about Star Wars Day, May the 4th, be with you. <laughs> But it wasn't on their radar as something we might celebrate. In a hard year, it was so nice to be able to bring them a fun surprise. I love that. I love these these minor holidays that I didn't even think about. Pi Day being yes. March 14th, which is 3.14, or May the 4th be with you. This is so great. I bet her kids were so excited oh, about that. Oh, yes. That is such a great idea. This week, our Try This at Home tip is... One that we've done for many years in a row because it's so helpful, and that is to design your summer. We've talked about this idea before in episodes 27, 67, 118, 224, and 276, and I'll put links to all those in the show notes if you're interested in hearing about uh, how we designed our summer in previous years. And the challenge is to design the summer to be mindful about what you want the experience to hold. Yeah, and Gretchen, this idea was initially inspired uh, by writer Robertson Davies, who said, Every man makes his own summer. The season has no character of its own unless one is a farmer with a professional concern for the weather. Circumstances have not allowed me to make a good summer for myself this year. My summer has been overcast by my own heaviness of spirit. I have not had any adventures, and adventures are what makes a summer. And it seems like this summer, given the strange times that we've just been through that have not completely come to an end but are changing, it seems like this is a really important time to think about what do I want to design for my summer? What do I want my summer to hold? Because I think if you're mindful about it, you can think about, okay, what makes a summer for me? Does adventure make a summer for me? Is it travel? Is it seeing my friends? Is it doing getting, getting certain things done? Um, and, and really thinking about how to design your summer so you achieve those things. Because what I've experienced so many times is that the time can just slip by. And you never do organize that picnic. You never go to the beach. You never see those friends. You never clean out the basement mm -hmm. or whatever you thought you were going to do over the summer because you didn't plan it in. And then the days just get away from us. Yeah, and Gretchen, I've talked before about how often summer for me is more like fall because it's usually yeah. a really busy time for yes. writers. And this year it is going to be busy, but I'll actually be on the backside of all of my work. So it'll be coming to an end, not an end, but less crazy as the summer goes on. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to try to design my summer a little bit. And one of the things we're doing this year, we're designing Jack's summer. And I think I've given myself demerits in the past for not designing Jack's summer. Um, but he is going to camp for the first time. Yeah, he was going to go last year and then that didn't happen. So this year he'll get to go. Yes. And I think a lot of people are going to be figuring out, well, what does this look like for me? I have the plans that in most years I would do, 
can I do those things? Are there other things that I want to do? I think for a lot of people, they're going to be thinking about habits as they think ahead to the fall. Like, what do I want my work habits to be? What do I want my life habits to be? How have things changed for the better or the worse over the last year? How do I want to forge the habits that I want for the future? Because I think for a lot of people, it's going to mean a return to the workplace at some point. And that's really going to color the experience of summer. Yes. And I think a lot of people feel like they haven't had summer. Like last year is sort of just a wash last yeah. summer. So it's it's two years worth of summer to make up for. Now I'm going to have my summer of Virginia Woolf. Um, mm. I had my summer of Proust. Then I was going to have my summer of Virginia Woolf, but I turned it into the summer of Black authors. And so now it is summer of Virginia Woolf, which I'm very excited about. But Elizabeth, I think, I mean, back to your experience of you don't really have a true summer. I think that's true for a lot of people. Like we talk about summer literally for people who have a summer that's different from the other seasons. But then it's perhaps metaphorical for people who have a summer at a different point or maybe don't have a true summer and have to think about their vacation time in a different way. But it's really to this idea of designing it so that you don't just let it roll over you but really think about what it is that would make that time special and like full of a certain season of atmosphere that you want. Yes. And I am hoping to go on at least two mom trips this Mm. summer. We'll see if I pull that off, but that is my intention and that is what I need to design. I guess the key, Gretchen, as always, is I need to get it on the calendar or it won't happen. Yeah, especially with things where you have to coordinate with other people because it can be tough to find the time that works for everybody if you don't do it in advance. So that's another reason to design your summer because if you need to make plans or get other people to cooperate or coordinate off in the earlier you start, the easier it is. And so taking the time to design it now can make things easier. Elizabeth, when do you feel like is officially the first day of summer? I mean, there's like the official first day of summer by the Uh, stars or whatever. I'm one of the Memorial Day people. I feel that Memorial Day is the first day of summer. Mm. How about you? I think I think June 1st. Somehow June feels to me. But Memorial Day is also important. So those, yeah, those are good, two good markers. When I worked in publishing, Memorial Day is when half-day Friday started. So that's Uh, why it always, to me, seemed like the start of summer. Well, that's something else to design, which is that if your work schedule is different, what do you want to do with that work time? Now, there's a lot of ways um, to think about designing your summer. So let us know how you're thinking about it and how you plan to design your summer. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes and comment there and look up anything related to this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 325. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack related to one of Gretchen's obsessions, color. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack, and you have found something that delights you. Yes, in my book, The Happiness Project, or maybe it was in Happier at Home, I can't remember, um, I talked about the resolution to indulge in a modest splurge, meaning if there's very small ways to bring ourselves happiness. Often it's worth it, even if you're an underbuyer like me. And I found a great way to indulge in a modest splurge and to indulge in particular my love of color. So I love color. Um, I went through this huge period of like being obsessed with color. I wrote this strange little book called My Color Pilgrimage. <laughs> but usually I use the same standard felt tip pens that everybody uses, blue and black. And really, Elizabeth, you and I are both left-handed, so mm. felt-tip pens are kind of fraught with danger, but <laughs> I still love a felt-tip pen. Yep. But I found this set that has all these quirky colors, like salted caramel and olive and raspberry fizz and mocha, which is basically like brown, oxblood, <laughs> burgundy. So I rarely do this kind of thing, but I just impulsively bought them. And every time I pick up a pen, I just get the biggest kick out of it. I really love writing with the unusual color especially oxblood. I love colors that are combo colors. And mm. so it's kind of red and kind of brown and kind of purple. So I find it really fascinating. And it's just elevated this one little aspect of my life where I like I use pens all the time. So by making this very modest purchase, I really have bought myself so much pleasure because wonderful tools make work a joy. And I really just get the biggest kick out of using these colorful markers. I love it. And now it's time for an interview. Yes, we are talking to Juliana Margulies. Juliana is an actor and producer known for her outstanding performances on the TV series The Good Wife and ER, as well as in movies and in theater. She's won Emmy Awards, the Golden Globe Award, and eight Screen Actor Guild Awards. And she has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> In addition to being an actor, she's now written a powerful memoir, Sunshine Girl, An Unexpected Life. She writes a candid account of a childhood spent shuttling back and forth between her divorced parents, which required her to adjust over and over to new schools, homes, and friends in Paris, England, New York, and New Hampshire. 
Hello, Juliana. Welcome. Hello, Gretchen. Nice to see you. And Elizabeth. Hi. All the way in some fantasy island place. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I know. It's excellent. <laughs> yes. Brought together by the magic of technology. It is remarkable. So, Juliana, we have to ask, first of all, why did you want to write this book now? What made you decide to do it? Well, I didn't write it now. It was four years in the making. Ah. And I never knew self-examination would be so difficult. Um, It's much easier for me to examine a character I'm playing than it is for me to examine myself, which I Mm -hmm. found very interesting. Uh, And really, it was sort of this organic process. I had been asked by a few publishing houses if I was interested in writing a book, and I always laughed at them. I was like, no. And then when I finished seven years on The Good Wife, I got really sick. Literally the day I wrapped that night, I woke up with chickenpox. And it left me in bed for three weeks, which I have never done in my life. I am a doer uh, by nature. Mm -hmm. I I have my checklist in hand and I Mm -hmm. am always doing. Mm -hmm. And so it was a confluence of events, which was one chickenpox, which was just extraordinarily painful. But once I got over the pain of it and I was, I was rendered listless in bed with bizarre uh, marks all over my face and body and I couldn't leave my house, uh, one rule my husband and I always have had, um, and actually I, I've always had it pretty much my, most of my adult life, is no television in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't wow. lie there and watch TV. Um, and I started to sort of think, can I think like myself and not feel like I'm Alicia Florek? Because when you embody a character for seven years, 156 hours of television, learning lines all the time, 10 and a half months a year, I mean, I I just never had a break. And I started to reflect on my own life and wonder why she, that character hit me so deeply. And as I started to write notes down and jot things down, organically, this book appeared. So I wrote nine chapters of it and I I submitted it to my agent. and. uh, the truth is, is I was actually trying to write an acting handbook. I was trying to pass on Michael J. Fox and I always used to look at these incredible actors that we would get on set right out of Yale Drama School or Juilliard and these just talented people who had absolutely no set etiquette. They didn't mm. know how to be on mm. a set. So uh, originally my idea was that I would just sort of talk about my childhood and then go back to what it's like to be on a set and how it's it's a group effort and you have to it doesn't matter 13 hours that might you might wait that long before your close up and you know or before your big monologue and it is your job to be prepared and you must treat everyone with respect because nothing happens without the focus puller and the you know blah 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 um anyway i submitted nine chapters my agent said i don't think hand acting handbooks sell but the in between stuff about your childhood is fascinating. Uh, Write that. And so that's sort of how the book came about. Well, it is such a compelling story. I'm not surprised your agent said that. You had a very interesting life. Well, to return to the point where you sort of really figured out that this was the path for you, it'd be great if you read from your book a couple paragraphs to give people a sense of that, that moment. Okay. I started reading plays like I was eating potato chips, one after the other, never getting enough. I dove into the world of theater, excited for every class, 
discovering a place to finally release all these emotions that I had bottled up for years. Anxiety I had pushed down when I was a kid, always on the move to uncertain places. Anger I had swallowed when my mother took me away from my father and my sister. Rejection I felt from my father but never expressed. Fear I subconsciously carried around like a heavy backpack that if push came to shove, my mother would abandon me for a man. All these feelings I had somewhere inside of me, but I had never allowed myself to address them because I never wanted to appear difficult or ungrateful. I realized once I let myself go, I could tap into my emotions at the drop of a hat without being afraid to show them. Being able to express myself without the fear of being thought of as too weak, too emotional, or judged was ultimately the most freeing experience I ever had. Even better, to express this through a character, finding out what motivates them, how they see the world. To walk in someone else's shoes was liberating beyond belief. To peel off my own skin and take on someone else's, what better way to learn about yourself than by freeing yourself from your own constraints? I think this is so beautiful, and I think so many people have this wish to redeem their own suffering and their own experience by transforming it. What was it like to sort of, I mean, you describe it so beautifully. It it must have just been extraordinary because you write in the book about all the very difficult situations that you went through and and to see how they could be put to use creatively. Yeah, I mean, I think it wasn't until I got to college. Well, because I had um, the kind of upbringing I did and I went to Waldorf schools and, and we weren't allowed to watch television and we were always creating our own plays and theater and you had to act in plays every year. So acting to me never felt like a reality for my own life. That wasn't going to be my calling because I didn't feel it was an important enough job. I really wanted to to follow in the footsteps of my grandmother, who was a lawyer. And when I got to college, and I think also this is the reason why I titled the book Sunshine Girl was the nickname my mother gave me when I was little. And and so I was always trying to please everyone and make everyone better and feel good. And so all the things throughout my childhood that I had sort of collected in my box of of grievances, of emotional (laughs) grievances, um, and I, I locked it nice and tight so I could get through my life. When I got on stage in college, I realized it was my ticket out of my grief. Mm. And it gave me freedom on stage to express myself through other people. And I'm so grateful that I had that experience because I, I felt like I was finally home. I was like, Oh my God, I get it. I'm, this is it. There was just no doubt in my mind. I was like, this is it. Well, and it sounds like flow. People say being in, you know, the flow and that when you're completely present in the moment of what you're doing, and it sounds like that's what acting is for you. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, for a long time, it was, I was much more comfortable um, putting on someone else's shoes and clothing and makeup and hair and all of that, because um, I never felt quite right in my own for a long time because I was never, I never had the right outfit or the right accent or the right mother or, you know, (laughs) so it was so fun to play dress up and to emote without judgment, except praise, right? Because that's what, that's what the part calls for. So 
yeah, yeah, it was a it was a very um, freeing experience for me. And then once I started really reading plays, really reading theater, you know, pieces like Chekhov for me was a big one because it's so funny. I tried reading my son some <laughs> Chekhov short <laughs> stories last night, and he goes, "Mom, they're so depressing." <laughs> <laughs> Is it like Lady with the Dog? Yeah. (laughs) And I said, but you have to listen to the writing because these words transport you to this other place. And it's important to know that world too. You know, not everything is rosy. But through playwrights, I felt like I, I felt like I found kindred spirits. It was, um, it was a really cathartic moment for me in college. And that was my freshman year. So I, once I, once I discovered that I could really, jump in with always understanding that the study of man, which is really what acting is, right? We study behavior. We study actions. That has to be bookended with learning. I took psychology. I took English literature. I took short story writing. I took French. I I just wanted to make sure that my characters could be well-rounded in the world, art history. You know, all of it needed to become part of that path for me. Well, speaking of self-knowledge and understanding human nature, you took the four tendencies quiz. I did. So (laughs) tell us what your tendency is. So my tendency, not surprisingly, is an upholder. I am an upholder. Okay, now that's my tendency, and I have to say, I'm going to read a little bit from your book, because I, I always try to figure out what people are, and I was like, okay, I think this is the moment of upholder, so I'll read you what, why I think so. Okay. We should say, you grew up in a very chaotic, ever-changing, ever-needing-to-adapt background with, between both your parents. Yeah. As a child, I craved boundaries. I wanted someone to check my homework, make sure I was home at a decent hour. I didn't have that, so I made up my own rules, and they were absurdly rigid. Both my parents would argue that maybe that's the best way to raise children. Let them fend for themselves, guide them with love, but let them figure out what rules work for them. I'm not so convinced. And I thought, that's an upholder. An upholder is like, I want you to tell me to go to bed on time. And if you won't tell me, I'll tell myself. And my rule will be even more consistent than your rule would have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. (laughs) Well, your mother's still alive. What was her response to the idea of you writing the book? And how did your relationship feed into your desire to write the book? Um, When I wrote this book, she kept saying, you go, babe, you go. It's yours. It's your story. Write it. I own it. I fess up to it. I get it. And that's remarkable for a woman of her generation to give to give me that freedom, you know, and she did read it. She said, she called me, oh my God, I was on the way to LA to work and I was in the car on the way to the airport and she said, I love it. I love the book, honey. Mm. And I'm so, so sorry. Mm. So she got Mm. it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she got it. What more do I need? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's enough. Juliana, we love to ask our guests for a try this at home tip, something practical that could make our listeners' lives uh, easier, better, more creative. Uh, What do you have for us today? So what I have found, and especially during the pandemic, where I think so much of the weight of the work fell on women, Mm. just did, I learned that when I was feeling absolutely fed up and I couldn't 
be responsible for another thing. And I started to, I could just feel that I wanted to yell. <laughs> I went into usually the bathroom because no one bothers you in the bathroom. <laughs> I would sit on the floor and I would breathe. And I would say to myself, and this is my mantra, this is just a moment. This is not the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I mean, maybe it was, you know, some days was five minutes, some days was 10, some days maybe 15. It always talked me off the ledge and allowed me to conduct, even if I needed to say, hey, guys, no one's helping me with the lawn, you know, but Mm -hmm. I could say it in a way that mm-hmm. they could hear it and not that was frightening because I wasn't screaming <laughs> right, right. or, or that would make me then feel bad about my behavior afterwards. But I don't have behavior I'm ashamed of because I mean, I have, I'm human and I've had absolute meltdowns. I think every woman w- did or should have during COVID, but during the lockdown, but I, I do, um, I know what makes me happy and what makes me happy is comporting myself in a way where I can be heard and be respected, not be feared, or then considered a crazy bitch, you know? (laughs) So for me, I need, this is just a moment. It's just a moment. This is not the rest of your life. I say it to myself all the time. That's such great advice. I'm well, thank use you that. so much. Yes, <laughs> yes. We've something for all of us. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, Congratulations Juliana. on the book. It's terrific. Thank you so much. It was lovely to meet you both. You too. Bye. Bye. Coming up, I give Jack a gold star. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has Greenlight. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one-time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay. It is just hard for me not to say, I told you so. And let's just say in the last couple of weeks, there were situations where I did not resist that urge. Ah. Um, I may have paraphrased it, so it didn't sound exactly like I told you so. (laughs) So Eleanor had to take a practice standardized test. And I said to her, for these, you need a calculator. Do you have a calculator? Do you remember how to use this calculator? Because she doesn't, she hasn't this year in, in her math class been using a calculator and then that morning, she's like, wait, what's the deal with this calculator? And I'm like, ah, I've been, you know, whatever. So I tried not to say I told Now, I will say, on the other hand, because I know how hard it is not to say I told you so, that if someone else did tell me so, I do make a point of saying, you told me so, you were right, I was wrong, or I should have listened to you. So I think that being very sensitive to it mm-hmm. does make me good about giving that feedback. But... I'm really bad about wanting to say I told you so. I think many of us can relate to this. (laughs) Gretchen, it reminds me of one of the Satellite Sisters. You know, I love the Mm. Satellite Sisters. Had a marriage tip that was once a week, every husband and wife or partners should sit down and tell the other what they were right about. Oh, yeah. The other insisted they were wrong. So you were right. We should have taken the other freeway to get there. And I just got a big kick out of that. Absolutely. Uh, That's not the guy I married. He would not do that, (laughs) but I I can dream. Uh, How about you, Elizabeth? What's the gold star for this week? Okay, Gretch, I have to give a gold star to my 11-year-old son, Jack, um, because he has just been such a good sport, not only throughout the pandemic, but also now I've been gone for, I think, six weeks at this point. And he's been out of school. He's been in school. He's been hybrid school. And he's just been so flexible about everything. He just sort of takes it in stride and whatever's happening, he goes along with. And he, you know, has not made me feel bad about being away. He's just hanging with his dad um, and, and being perfectly fine. And I just want to give him a gold star for just being him. And, and I don't have to worry about him. Yeah. And that, that makes my life, which is very overwhelming right now, um, easier. I mean, of course, I do worry about him, but but that's yeah. just because I'm his mom. And of course, I'll always worry. Yeah. Well, gold started, Jack, for being so resilient. Yes. This week, the resources. If you are looking for a gift for a graduate in your life, many of my books make great gifts for people entering a new stage of life. Better Than Before is for habit building, if you want to build better habits. And The Four Tendencies is about self-knowledge. Of course, we were just talking about The Four Tendencies. And you can learn more about my books at GretchenRubin.com slash books. And if you are looking for ways to be happier at home, it's hard to be happy if you're not happy at home, you can download my free PDF with nine tips at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. You just scroll down to happier at home. And what are we reading this week? Elizabeth, what are you reading? I am still finishing Well-Behaved Indian Women by Samya Dave. How about you? And I am reading Vade Mehta's memoir, Dark 
Harbor. And remember, start designing your summer reading. Yes, yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Design your summer, reading and otherwise. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our guest, Juliana Margulies. Check out her memoir, Sunshine Girl. I suggest you add it to that reading list. Yes. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And here it comes. Yes, you guessed it. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. Give us that word of mouth love and subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Gretchen, we didn't have a chance to ask uh, Juliana about when she turned down the offer of $27 million to stay on ER for another season. Yeah. Well, but she wrote about it in the book, so we get, we get it in the book. Yeah, that's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, what a decision. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.